Welcome to the war-torn world of Almora, the very center of the great cosmic pillar of reality. 800 years ago, due to the machinations of the Lower Realms, a series of terrible wars shook the continent of Taurus to its core, killing its gods and decimating its people. Many kingdoms fell, and entire races were forced to abandon their homes, gods, and ways of life. The humans brought the strong behind marble walls of the Northeast Kingdom of Libertina, a series of fortresses dedicated to the ideals of order and faith above all. Their governments are led by massive orders of clergy, their armies follow orders of paladin knights, and even their mage schools and magic institutions are controlled by orders of monks and priests. The peaceful halflings were hit the hardest when their ancestral home of Orchard was destroyed. Now only a colossal pit in the center of the world remains, surrounded by a desert wasteland where once bountiful farmland was. It wasn't too long before the homeless halfling herds stumbled upon the recently orphaned pack of gnolls. They found a common pain in each other and quickly became one nomadic family. The goblinoids and centaurs soon followed, and their nomadic tribes became the Orchard Diaspora, and now roam the barren center of the continent. The North is filled by Refuge, a sky-born federation led by a congress of ancient bloodlines. When the Underdark became even more hostile than even its subterranean inhabitants could withstand, they fled ever upwards, climbing through the mountain mines and sealing off any caverns and tunnels they could find. Unfortunately, paranoia drove the dwarves and gnomes ever higher, until they began building on mountain peaks and eventually, the sky, banding with the avian races to form what is now known as Refuge. The already isolationist elves were driven into massive walled-off city-states and islands only taking other Fey-related creatures with them into their citadels, forming the Fey-born Federation of City-States. Now they refuse to leave, citing the wars as proof that the lower mortals will never change, and if they don't protect their own, then the sins of the mortals will drag them all down to the lower planes. Now, seeing an elf is considered by many to be a once-in-a-lifetime miracle, a distant memory only held by a few. The southern tip of the continent is controlled by the dragon-ruled oligarchy of Grayscale and populated by the many reptilian races of Almora, who believe that dragons are the pinnacle of their kind. Now, they exist as one of the most powerful military and merchant forces in Almora, because, after all, who wants to face a dragon? The Eastern Seas belong to the Red Isles, a small nation of tiefling and beast folk, situated on a series of beleaguered islands on top of a planar rift. This small merchant republic faces an endless onslaught of fiendish forces, always rising from their blood-red bubbling ocean in an attempt to capture the islands and the rest of the world, plunging it into another eternal war. Now. Adventurers of all walks of life dive into old ruins, driven by a lust for treasure or ancient relics. The remaining patchwork pantheon answers prayers from every kingdom in any race because they can't afford not to. 
and the lower planes find themselves under a rule of brand new devils. It is in this world that we find our planes. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hello. Hi. This is going to be the first episode of our D&D campaign, also known as Pillar Arisen. Um, we have already recorded an episode zero that goes into the characters um, and their classes and subclass a little bit more and uh, goes into the world lore a little bit more than my intro just did. Uh, so how about we just jump right into it? Yeah. Okay, let's do a little quick introduction. Um, Rowan, would you like to introduce your character and the name of this adventuring party? <laughs> sure. Um, I am playing Jerusalem Estiero, one of those elves that we heard are so rare. <laughs> um, and Jerusalem has started a guild called the Braid. Yeah. Lovely. Okay, and uh, Reese, would you like to give a little quick introduction to your character? Hi, yes. I play uh, Lois, or as I call him, uh, Lucky Starlight is his like stage name. He wants to be like basically the pop star of this world. <laughs> that, okay. That's that. Um, and last but not least, Jamie, who are you playing? Yeah, I am playing Kaya. She is a Paladin Centaur Oath of the Watchers, and she is traveling the world to learn more about it for her god. Awesome. All right. Um, and like I said earlier, the um, the episode zero goes into everyone's backstories a little bit, kind of breaks down what's up with all the races, and goes into um, not all the gods, but I think uh, uh, most of them. The big ones that yeah, uh, the, the, the really big ones big that ones. the players subscribe to, pretty much. Subscribe. <laughs> yeah, they subscribe to gods. Yeah, please like and subscribe. <laughs> yeah, what D D do you subscribe to? All right. Um. Okay, I would like everyone to roll initiative. Oh jeez, right, right off, off the, the bat. bat. Okay. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. I like that we all just were like right off the bat. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Do it, you cowards. Well, I have a plus four to initiative, so we'll see how this goes. Hmm. Damn it. Dexterity? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. I got a 5. I have a 21. You got a 21? Did you get a nat 20? No. it's n- it, Otherwise, it would be a natural 20. I got a 21 because I had 17 plus 4. Oh, okay. I'm a fast boy. Okay. <laughs> I got a 6. Kaya <laughs> <laughs> not doing well. All right. Um, the camera opens up on the port city of Xandria. Uh, a little bit of information about Xandria before we jump on in. Uh, Xandria is a grayscale-owned port city, uh, on the border of Grayscale and the Red Isles. Um, it's on the southeast shore of the continent, 
and it is situated just like right between the two nations, and so therefore it is a great port city to be receiving trade from the Red Isles because the Red Isles are constantly in the need of medical supplies, weapons, and um, all sorts of things to help in their never-ending um, quest to beat down the hellish forces that uh, rise from the red waters around the Red Isles and besiege them um, pretty regularly. Um, it's uh, what the uh, people in this area refer to as a low tide kind of day, um, where uh, it doesn't seem like there's too much uh, fiendish activity coming from the red waters. Um, the water near Xandria isn't as red as it is near the Red Isles because it's kind of diluted, but we get these, like, the water almost looks like it's dyed a light pink or so in some areas, so we get these clouds of, like, light pink water in the ocean, and maybe some, like, if the curtain, if the current comes in, we get little, like, tiny, like, uh, streaks of red, um, through the otherwise blue water. Um, it is a beautiful day. It is bright blue, not a single cloud in the sky, um, which is supposed to be a very auspicious omen from the patron god of Xandria, who is the god of the sun, Halo. Um, and we open up on the town square. Um, the area is bustling. Um, it's kind of built into a sort of cliffside almost, so that... Uh, all the buildings are put in a staggered way, so almost no matter where you are, you can still look out um, and see the ocean and, like, the beach. Um, this is twofold purpose. Uh, one, it's beautiful, and two, you can see if some uh, fiendish, like, demon or devil kind of uh, escapes the Red Isles or veers off course and uh, makes a beeline for the mainland. Um it doesn't happen too often, but every once in a while, um, one of them will slip past the Red Isles or just kind of get lost, and kind of the first place they always turn up is uh, Xandria's uh, Shores. Um, we cut to, um, in the middle of the town square, which is this big merchant area, the city is full of, like, these sandstone buildings, um that have lots of dragon statues and lots of spices. Um, there's all sorts of these uh, colorful banners set up all over the place that have, like, draconic written on it, which is the main language of Grayscale. Um, that is, like, advertising weapons and health potions, uh, armor, supplies, maps of the area. Um, because of all this area, Xandria is kind of an adventurer's paradise. Which exactly, which is exactly why Jerusalem uh, decided to bring their small adventuring guild slash business venture to town, and they've established a small guild hall. But today, Jerusalem, you're not in your guild hall. You are headed towards the town square because one of the messengers, uh, a kind of uh, group in the world that is a combination of mailmen and town criers and, like, scouts. Um, one of the messengers is supposed to be in town today, and they're going to be doing some, uh, like, announcements in the center of town. And they promised you, 
that they would give you some insider information before they uh, yelled out the news to everybody else. They're one of your contacts. So nice. you were headed towards um, the town square. Okay. How are you doing today, Jerusalem? I think Jerusalem's doing all right. Um, it's good news to have the messenger come in, and he's really looking forward to getting that uh, that information because uh, obviously he deserves to get it first, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's already a good start. To the characterization! So, great. Um, uh, grayscale is um, predominantly a... Well, I mean, Xandria is predominantly a grayscale town, which is... Grayscale is populated entirely by the reptilian races. So it is um, dragonborn, lizardfolk, kobolds, and the Yuan-Ti, uh, which are like snake folk. Um, also tortles. Can't forget tortles. Um, what the fuck is a turtle? It's like, um, a turtle man. It's like, imagine Uguay from Kung Fu Panda. (laughs) But then make them way more metal. He was already pretty metal, what? Um, and give them a very short lifespan. Okay. (laughs) So they're just kind of like, they're, um, kind of like- So like Uguay, but if he was not just a plain tortoise and was like one of those- like, imagine the baby turtles. Yoda equivalent of Uguay. Like, if there was a baby Uguay, uh, like a oh Grogu gosh. equivalent of Uguay. That's, oh that's like, gosh. what most turtles would be. Um, so, yeah, anyway, most of the people in Grayscale are, um, like, repti- like, reptilian. So, a, like, an elf is... Like, big news everywhere in the world, but particularly here, where almost everyone has scales. So, um, you're getting, like, a lot of looks as you head through the roads. Um, like, you see some dragonborn merchants, um, that are, like, haggling with some kobold fishermen. Um, there is a turtle offering, like, palm readings, um, from their little, uh, their little perch in the town center. And you see, you know, all sorts of Yuan-Ti, which um, look like these um, kind of, like, uh, dark-skinned, like, humanoids, but they have uh, various snake features. And the thing about Yuan-Ti is they weren't naturally like this. They kind of got messed up by magic. So sometimes Yuan-Ti will just be like a human man with snakes for arms or sometimes Ooh. they'll be like a more naga-looking figure where they're like a like a big buff snake man with arms or sometimes they're just like a humanoid with a little bit of scales um and those are like the main people you see around you um and when you arrive in the town square you see the messenger your contact um his name is Tobias he is a uh, a middle uh like a not middle-aged, uh, but not young adult. He's between middle-aged and young adult, so he's be like around like in his mid-twenties. Um, Yuan Ti, he has like um tan skin, um, he has tousled black curly hair that he has like in an undercut where he's shaved off um kind of like the back and the sides. Um he has um green snake scales on his cheekbones and arms. Um, where, like, generally, like, body hair would be, 
and uh, he has kind of like lightly pointed teeth and these emerald green eyes with snake slits. And he is wearing the kind of like the white ranger kind of uniform of the messengers. Um, And he is sitting off to the side with his uh, arms behind his uh, head. He has like a uh, a fried snack in his mouth as he's waiting for you. It looks like he got here before you. Is it only Jerusalem? It's only Jerusalem. Okay. Okay. Oh. So the rest of my gang is not here. No. You came out <laughs> here on your own. You do not trust them for this. Fair. Um, Damn. Not really the goal of the braid, but okay. <laughs> um, it's just if you travel to a secret meeting with an entire party of people, none of which are the local inhabitants of the city or even nearby inhabitants of the city, people will uh, draw even more attention than you're drawing right now. And um, Lois can be kind of a loud mouth, you know. (laughs) And the is not big on lying. Also, Lois, you you know that Lois would try to bang your mess, the the person you're meeting up with. You know this. You you would have brought your your butler crumpet, but someone had to be left behind to watch the guild. (laughs) Yeah. All right, um... Okay, Riley, I wanted to ask, do you want us to be going with I or with Jerusalem? Um, Jerusalem. Say okay. in your, you know, speak of what your character does. Like, we are all co-authors. Okay, just checking. Um, mm-hmm. Jerusalem goes up then and kind of slides on next to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, does, do we know each other other than, like, names? Have yeah. we met before? Or is this just, like, a... You have been in town for, like, a little bit, not too long, but enough to get established. Like, you've bought a small building, and you've already um, made contact with Tobias uh, before he went out on his last run, which has been about a month now. So he's back with a month's worth of news. All right. Um, His name is Tobias. You know him. He has a uh, small family in town with a husband and um, a couple of kids. Nice. Um, yeah, Jerusalem slides on by him and is like, so, do we need to go someplace a little quieter, or are we planning to go under the cover of the noise? Uh, we don't really have to, like, dive into an alley or something. I feel like that'd be more suspicious. I think we're all right here. Um, you know, we can just talk. What's, what's someone going to think about, uh, two old friends catching up now that I'm back in town? Fair enough. So what news? Uh, ooh. Uh, it's bad out there. Um, Libertina is all up in arms about some sort of trade disagreement with Refuge. It looks like Refuge, uh, kinda took some land, uh, that is, that had been agreed to be Libertina's before now. Uh, so, you know, a bunch of Old politicians are uh, complaining about that. Um, the West is uh, in an uproar, too. It looks like the goddess Sylph made a new race of, like, uh, like big, tall moth people. Um, and uh, they want in to uh, the elf cities, but uh, the elves don't want to let them in. Of course. 
but, um, you know. Um, and, uh, let's see. Everything's mostly good in gray scale. You know, easy does it. Uh, it's kind of slow in town, you know how it is, but, um, those are the big things. Uh, there was a roving horde of diaspora noticed, uh, up north, uh, in the desert. Looks like some of them are moving a little bit off kilter. But, uh, this is mostly just idle gossip. Besides the moth thing. The moth thing is weird. Uh, he takes a bite out of his, like, fried salamander. Um, and, uh, he glances at your ears, Jerusalem, and he goes, uh, you hear any word about, um, some elves in town? Other than me? Not yet. Uh, do you have any word of elves in town? Yeah. I passed a group of them headed here this morning on the road. Creepy looking dudes. Any other description? Uh, look like you. Pointy ears, tall, whatnot. Um, wearing bad hats. Just truly awful hats. Not everyone has fashion sense. Were they also moon elves or other elves? I couldn't super tell. I don't honestly know the difference. Um... They looked like they were kind of your color, uh, like a like a blue or a purple or something like that, you know. Um, like I said, they're wearing these bad hats that have these like curtains on them, so you can't really make them out too well. Uh, the curtains are kind of like colored this like black, like a black silk almost. Riley, do I know if this is a rival family of maybe the SDRL family? Roll history. Okay. Because with SDRL's, uh, kind of, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, history, they've probably made a, quite a few, uh, grudges against people that they'll have. Jerusalem will need to keep an eye out for those. <laughs> Let's see. History. That is. Do I have. Okay, I have a plus five to that. So that is 23. Holy cow! <laughs> no, twenty-two, twenty-two. That you you know you're level three, right? Yes. Okay, because this is ridiculous. Um, yeah, your but rolls also are I have really bad health. Okay, yeah. Um, these rolls won't save your seventeen hit points forever. Um, yeah, with that, um. These sound like drow, like uh, dark elves. Um, your family are moon elves, so moon elves predominantly exist in the same, um, the same like city state as dark elves. So it sounds like these people are coming from your hometown. The reason why it sounds like these are uh, dark elves is um, they hate sunlight. It's bad on their uh, skin. So they will often wear these wide-brimmed hats 
that have like these uh, kind of uh, transparent um, sheets of like silk, like almost like curtain, like shower curtains attached to them. And they go all the way down to the ground. This does uh, two things. It protects them from the sunlight. Um, But it's also considered like fashionable to wear these when you uh, travel around outside of like uh, the city that you're from, which is Spider's Keep. Um, it's, it's supposed to let everyone know that, like, you're, you're from Boston, basically. It's like wearing, it's like wearing an I Love New York cap. Oh my god! (laughs) Um, and you do, in fact, uh, your family doesn't have, in fact, have contact with a Doral family, um, that are known as the... One moment, let me double check my notes. I'm so sorry. Um, now, is that contact a good or a bad contact? Yes, these are like family friends. Okay. They're called the Lumi, and um, you they're like a drow family friends from your old hometown, is what you would have to guess. If they're coming here, they're probably coming here for you. Yeah. I mean, that was Jerusalem's first idea. He just needed to know whether or not this was someone yeah. he should like and be ready for. <laughs> Absolutely. Tobias takes another bite of his fried salamander. It's like, that's all I uh, really got for you. Are you certain? Um, He stretches and kind of does it in a way so that his palm is out in front of you. All right. Riley, how much do I pay him? <laughs> I don't know how much do you pay him. <laughs> how much money do you give this dude? Uh, I, what's the value of gold in this world? <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, gold is pretty valuable. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna do my best to not, uh... Just to keep it simple so we don't get confused, I'm going to do my best to avoid um, the other D&D currencies as much as possible so we, like, won't be messing with bronze, silver, platinum, or electrum, like, too much. But um, they do exist in this world, so bronze isn't the only payment. So, like, a single bronze would get you, like, a night and an inn and dinner, like, that sort of thing. Damn! A single gold. And is it 100 per each one up? Um, this is exactly what I wanted to try and avoid, was, uh, looking at currencies. Let me pull it up. I mean, the simplest way is to go 100 copper goes to 100 silver, goes to 1 silver, and then 100 silver goes to 1 gold. It looks like 10 copper equals 1 silver. Okay. Um... You know what? We'll we'll just mostly go with gold. So you basically (laughs) give them a gold coin. Okay, one gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can decide if you want to pay him more, but right now, let's just, like, the thing to give him would be, like, one gold. All right. Yeah, I give him one gold. Uh, you slip him one gold, and uh, he, uh, like, smiles and says thank He's like, thank you. Um, yeah, no, you know what? Thing I did here... Uh, city guard is on lookout. Um, sounds like, uh, it's gonna be a high tide kind of day. 
and he gestures over at the ocean. All right. You know, just uh, meet up with those other elves. Uh, I assume that's what you're going to do, and uh, get home safe, all right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yes. Might not be a good night to be out if uh, people from downstairs are running around in the streets. Yeah. Uh, you don't die either, because I still need you. Hmm? That might be the nicest thing you've ever said to me, Jerusalem. Well, of course, I'm not. I'm a nice person. Sure. Uh, Halo be with you. And he gets up to head off to the town square and uh, basically, like, go over some of this information and vagities with the merchants and the people in town so that they feel like they've gotten news today. Mm-hmm. Um... It's probably not going to talk about the elves or the fact that uh, the city guard seems to believe that uh, there might be fiendish activity tonight. Alright. Okay. And then, as you get that information and you decide to head on off, we cut away to Lois. Yes. You are outside of city limits. Yep, sounds valid. But just, just not too far, you know, just like a little bit, um, mm-hmm. because you are having a meeting uh, with uh, what is basically your babysitter. Um, you are out here meeting with Jean Bell, who is a pixie that the deity Sylph sends to you every once in a while to, like, check up on you and do some, like, music and magic lessons and kind of, like, convey what Sylph wants and check up on you, that sort of thing. Um, and they don't meet in cities. They only meet in, uh, like, pretty wooded, like, fertile ground areas. So they're not super big on Xandria, which is more, like, near a beach. So you had to take time out of your day to trek out of Xandria to, like, the nearest glen, pretty much. So he's he's a little bit, like, winded. He's not a hiking type. He's not. He's not a hiking type whatsoever. So he's just like, okay, what do you want? Um... You hear a tiny sing-song voice uh, play out in the trees. You are outside of Xandria, towards the like the northwest, kind of, where there's like a little bit more greenery. You found an area of trees that seemed good, and there's like some mushrooms growing around, and you're like, this seems like fey enough for her. And you've been hanging out. Um, you put. Uh, you hear. The like the tingle of bells, which alerts you to the presence of this fae. Um, you say that, and you hear like a tiny little voice whisper. What's the best part about living in an empty world? <sighs> For fuck's sake! <clears throat> he rubs at his eyes and he goes. 
that you can fill it with whatever the hell you want? <laughs> you can fill it with whatever you want. Um, and this tiny, tiny little figure darts between two branches and you see like some sparkles fall from where they darted and it hits the grass and where it hit the grass um these flowers begin to bloom um and as they blossom and grow at incredible speeds moths fly out of them what did Soph do Sylph has a new child. Sylph has a new favorite. Hmm. <sighs> They're gonna lose interest in you very soon. You've said that to me too often in my lifetime to really give a damn. Oh, but now it's going to happen. There are all sorts of sweet little orphans now running around, begging for food. Clawing at walls. Sounds more like pests than orphans. Hmm. Though I suppose you'd know something about being a pest, wouldn't you? Oof. I don't know what you are talking about. You're the size of a mushroom. Hmm. A little bit smaller than a mushroom. I live in a mushroom. Exactly. Are you saying I've gotten fat, Lois? <laughs> Well, you do look a bit more, I would say. Actually, no, yeah, you're a little bit fatter. <laughs> Damn. Um, Jean Bell pops their little head out. Um, they're like this tiny little, um, like, uh, they're a pixie. So they're like this very tiny, minuscule sort of human. Um, they are dressed in like, um, they're wearing like a teacup flower as like a hat. Um, and they are wearing this sort of, like, robe-slash-dress made out of leaves. Um, and they have these pitch-black insectile-like eyes. Um, and these, like, dragonfly wings. And this, like, frizzy, curly red hair. And then, like, a bug antenna sticking out from their hat. Um, and they bare their teeth at you and kind of hiss. And, um... They're like, well, it doesn't matter, because soon Sylph is going to forget all about you, because she'll be too busy with her lovely little bug children. After all, you haven't done anything interesting in months. That's what you think. Hmm? But the thing is, she wouldn't still be sending you if she lost interest in me. And keep in mind... She's known me since I was still in my adolescence. Oh, she's known you for a long, long time, and that's why she's getting bored. When was the last time you did a trick? Or a big feat of magic? When was the last time you took something from someone? When was the last time you stole a name? Or anything fun like that. I've stolen stuff. Why do you think I'm... <laughs> what the hell do you think I'm do I'm here for? Oh, what are you here for? What are you here for? Um, Jean Bell, like, kind of, uh, gets up and, uh, flutters down in front of your face and is, like, darting around your head. 
uh, Lois waves his hand, kind not kind of like nonchalantly, but it's like firm enough to know that like if it, if it hit Jean, she'd just go flying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just like, that is something you can ask Silk yourself. She knows you don't need to. Um, Jean Bell sticks their tiny little green tongue out at you and blows a raspberry. And as they do that, their head swells to like three times its size, and then they pop into a bunch of sparkles that get in your eyes. For fuck's sake. I like to sparkle, but not in my fucking eyes. Um, and you know that Jean Bell has gone back to um, Sylph to report on what you've been doing. Um, it seems like this visit was mostly just to poke and prod at you. Yeah, Lois knows that Jean's never liked the job they were assigned because he's a human. Why is Sylph so intrigued? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and he just looks around and goes, Fuck, I have to walk all the way back again. Ah, fuck you, Jean. And he just starts making his way back to the city. Uh, Lois, as you extract yourself from this glen, um, and, like, walk out of these, like, trees and start heading towards the road back into town, um, you see way off in the distance a group of, like, three people wearing these weird hats with these long veils attached to the brim. Would I know who they are considering the face stuff? Nah, they just look like a bunch of weird goths and bad hats. <laughs> Interesting. Um, how far? So you said in the distance, right? Yeah, it looks like they're like significantly closer to you. It looks like you'd have to like run to like catch up to them. So, uh, he kind of squares his shoulders and lifts his head up. And he throws his long hair over his shoulder, the braid, all nice and neat for the day. And he picks up his Aurora, his, dulc- his hammered dulcimer, that looks like a little briefcase, and starts making his way down, humming a little bit as he's kind of walking in a purposely, like, casual manner. Okay. All right, Kaya. Hello. Hi, Kaya. Um... You have recently arrived at the temple to your god that is in town. Um, you know, uh, Osmaldus isn't big where you're from, um, and isn't crazy big in most of Grayscale, but, um, Osmaldus is really big in the Red Isles, and so kind of like a large, like, there's a, there's a offspring of that to Xandria, so there is a enough of a following of your god uh, Osmaldus here that they have their own temple. Um, and you have been uh, helping out in the temple since you arrived. As is your duty as a Osmaldus paladin. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> do you that's all correct those are correct things that you said i yes do you want to uh talk a little bit about osmaldus or what you've been doing for the osmaldus temple here um 
I don't remember what exactly I said in the episode zero, but um, one of the things in her past that inspired her to follow Osmaldus was that her school was burned down, which involved the burning down of a, a library, which had a lot of, like, it's a big school library. They have a lot of, like, one-of-a-kind books. So her thing is that she wants to try and gather information, try and start new books, find old books, just gather all the knowledge she can. So that's what she has been trying to do. She's an active follower. Yeah. Um, which is great because the Temple of Osmaldus has a very close relationship with the Library of Xandria. Um, because the head librarian, Lucy Feltscale, her big sister, Lyra Feltscale, is the high priestess of Osmaldus in town. Um... And so, a lot of what you guys do is looking after books, pretty much. Um, reading through books, uh, listening to people. Osmaldus has this weird tradition that's kind of like confessional. Um, but instead of you going into a box and admitting any sins you've done recently to a priest, um, people come and say, like, cool stuff they saw or learned recently to, like, a priest. Um, so I imagine cool. <laughs> you've kind of been doing that a lot lately. Oh my gosh, that would be so good for ADHD people. You, you like, there's like a box you sit in. It's not closed, um, but there's like a little box you sit in. People will walk up and be like, I saw three birds fighting over a dead rabbit out of town and it was wild. And then they'll walk <laughs> away and you have to write it down. I imagine the box, because I am a horse, is less of one of those confessional boxes and more of, like, just a stable. <laughs> it's funny, like, you don't fit in it. Because <laughs> oh, you're, no! you're a centaur. It was not built for your, like, body type, so you really have to squeeze in. And I think that is where we come in. <laughs> like, that's where the camera finds <laughs> Kaya, is Kaya is crammed into this weird confessional box thing that she does not quite fit in. And um, there is a kobold here that is, like, telling you about some weather patterns that they observed, and you're writing it down. Um, uh, hmm. Are you, like, paying close attention to this, or, are you, or like, have you, like, zoned out at this point? She's trying so hard to pay attention. It's like when you're in class and you're, the teacher said at the beginning that some of the stuff will be on the test tomorrow, but you don't know what parts will be on the test and it's all so boring. <laughs> yeah, um, the little kobold sailor is just going on and on about current patterns. He's just like, so yeah, you know, it's kind of uh, going the same way it goes every year, so that's kind of good, because you want to you see that uh, in a current pattern where it, it goes the same way every year. You want consistency, you want repetition, and you know what, that's what we're really seeing there, you know, lots of the same current patterns that we got last mm -hmm. year, and so that probably means mm -hmm. the same amount of, like, fish that we got last year, so that's that's looking good, because that means I'll probably get the same amount of fish that I got last year, you know, unless I work really hard, because then I might get a little bit more fish, and if I get a little bit more fish, then I might make a little bit more money. <laughs> then when the holidays roll around, I might be able to, like, buy a little bit more for the kids, you know? And so, like, that's nice. And I'm looking forward to that. And they're just going on. 
Was there anything <laughs> different this year, maybe? No, you know, like I said, it's a, it's a lot of repetition. It's a lot of the same stuff, you know. It's a lot of like last year, which is what, what you want to see in current patterns. You know, if you saw something different, that'd be that'd be something to talk about because that'd be different. You know, you'd be seeing something different, and then that means the fish would be different. So then all the fishermen would be like, "Wow, oh, no, they're so different." But there's not something different. You know, it's just it's a lot of the same stuff. So you know, there's just like a lot of the same kind of stuff that we saw last year, and a lot of the same patterns. You know, and so that you know everything, you know, everything's going about the same way. So there's not a lot of report on that, and you know that's you know no news is the best news, isn't you know in my opinion and uh <laughs> keeps going Oswald, on this, are you testing me <laughs> um you glance at the statue of osmaldus they have in uh the temple um and you don't like the uh Zandria's depiction of osmaldus um the gods because they have to appear to all the different cultures and all the different races um, they're even more kind of multifaceted, uh, and like multi-formed than ever before. Um, and it's only gotten worse as time goes on. Um, it kind of like the Greek or the Roman gods where they're like known for shape-shifting, taking different forms. So while every kingdom and every race worships the same set of nine gods, um, they all have different ideas about how to portray them and what they look like. And Osmaldus, because this is Zondria, is being uh, portrayed as a feathered dragon instead mm. of uh, what you know you normally see with Osmaldus being portrayed as and how you saw Osmaldus when, uh, the first time you saw Osmaldus flying overhead, which was this big multi-legged bird. Um, multi-winged bird. Yeah, a, a multi-winged bird. Um, Xandria kind of imagines Osmaldus as like a, as like a dragon, but like if a dragon was like covered in feathers. Um, and, so and a like, bird. What mm, is a bird besides a feather? It's like a, it's like a feathered reptile dragon with like four legs <laughs> and like bat wings, but the bat wings have feathers and like a long dragon tail, but the dragon tail is covered in feathers. Um... <laughs> Look at our OC Osmaldus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is our OC. Uh, please do not steal. We reimagined Osmaldus as a lizard. Close um, species. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. <laughs> so you glance at the big statue of Osmaldus to give you strength. Uh, and you don't see, like, the statue do anything. Uh, but as you glance out, you see Lyra come in, who is this tiny uh, little kobold. Um, she is wearing the gray and blue robes of the Order. Um, she has these big glasses put on her little dog snout. Um, and she has this sort of, like, teacher cap that she wears um, that has uh, these golden rings put onto the cap that indicate um, uh, her high stature. So she kind of almost looks like she has a chimney on her head. Um, oh, no. And she comes in, and she sees you struggling. She has, like, five books in her tiny little lizard arms. And uh, she smiles. She's a winged kobold. She's an erd. Um, so she, like, flaps her wings and, like, carries herself over as quickly as she can over to the confessional booth. And uh, she's like, oh, uh, thank you, Kaya. You know what? I think your shift in uh, the knowledge box is just about done. Oh, thank um, God, Moses. <laughs> You know, uh, uh, I'm I'm gonna have to say uh, thank you for all of the knowledge you've brought back to the temple. 
Um, but I think it's uh, it's just about time for us to switch out people, so you're going to have to get going. And the little kobold said, was like, oh, yeah, of course, I totally understand. You know, you know, people get tired when they sit in a box for too long. You always got to stretch your legs. That's really important when you're out of sea. You know, you, <laughs> you, you always talk about sea legs, but what they don't talk about is that you got to stretch your sea legs. I hope you're writing this down. Um, and just, like, talks a little bit about sea legs. Um, and Lyra just, like, smiles and nods and slowly pushes them out until they uh, kind of, like, wander off. Um, and they like Ooh. they meet eyes with this silver dragonborn woman and kind of just like immediately gravitate over towards her. Um, she starts to panic and start like stacking books into bookshelves really fast as if that will save her. <laughs> but uh, the kobolds kind of like walked over. It's like, so are you going to go with the novel's book next? Because I, I still feel like I have a couple of things I want to share. You know, you, you learn a lot when you're out of sea. Sailors know a lot. You know, uh, you always hear about how sailors don't know anything because of, you, you know, it's a blue color <laughs> job. But the thing is, it takes a lot to operate a ship. <laughs> <laughs> this dragonborn woman, like, she can't sweat, but she looks like she's starting to sweat. Um, and Lyra's like, uh, Lyra, the head, uh, the high priestess is like, thank you for that. Um, tell you what, I'll take, um, the current, uh, breakdown that you've just received uh, myself, and I'll go put this with the rest of the current information that we've gathered up, and uh, you can grab the rest. How does that sound? Sure. I will say this is almost exactly what I wrote for last year. Well, I hear that repetition is what you look for in these kinds of things, but I'm by no means an expert. Mm -hmm. So we'll just mm -hmm. have to That's take... That's what he said. Our little friends and Osmaldus' word for it, huh? And uh, she does her very best to put the papers onto her stack of five books. Um, she's a winged kobold, so like she's like the size of a halfling, pretty much. She's a tiny oh, no. little creature. Baby. You are a giant centaur woman, oh my mm, god. Let me just, I... If I could, could just, like, kind of shimmy my book under the table just, like, a little bit, you could, like, push it onto the top of the books, and then I can carry them all to the back. So if you could just kind of give it a nudge. <laughs> yeah, she does that. Okay. Uh, how about you grab the rest and you come uh, you come to uh, where we store all this with uh, me. How about? All right. I will do that. Um... She starts to flap her little wings as hard as she can to gain altitude, so she's at eye level with you, uh, Kaya. It's pretty tall. Um, it's an effort for her. Um, and she goes, so, as you guys head towards the back where you're gonna store all of the, uh, all of the, like, the fun facts you've gathered today. Um. Mm, the, f the real fun facts. Love them. The real fun facts. Lyra is like, so, um, I hope you're adjusting well to our little cloister here in Xandria. Uh, the Church of Osmaldus isn't too big, but uh, it's a very important faith in these parts. So I hope you're fitting in. You found everything to your liking? It is different than home, but I'm learning. Differences are good. They give us a chance to learn something new. Uh, you know, that's what, uh, 
the books say, at least. Uh, I spent my entire life in Xandria, so I couldn't say that I would know firsthand. Have you been enjoying the sights, the people? <sighs> they have their perks and their cons. Our lovely friend over there, the kobold, is quite the talker. I enjoyed this time at first. I'm a kobold too, don't forget. Nothing against kobolds, just that one in particular. Uh, she giggles, um, and <laughs> almost drops all five of her books. Um, oh no! She goes, It is through patience that we learn to, uh, sift through information and find, uh, I guess the nuggets of knowledge? Yeah. I trying to give you some advice, but, uh... <laughs> Sometimes you sit in a box and some people tell you about their day, and that's important too, but, uh, I get it. Um, you reach her office and- I- I'm more of an active person myself. Mmm, I bet. Um, she puts down all her books on her tiny little cobalt desk, um, and she takes the papers, which she can now handle pretty easily, um- and she starts flying over to, like, a cubby, just stuffed to the brim <laughs> with just comments about the weather and the sea currents lately. And she starts trying to, like, shove them in there okay. as best she can. Um, and she goes, you know, Osmaldus is really important here because Osmaldus believes... That all the different planes should remain separate. Um, at least as separate as they can be. Um, and we happen to be close to a kind of a planar leak. You know, so... Osmaldus' faith brings a lot of important people here to do... A very important job, which is protect the people that live here from things that don't belong, that are dangerous. Do you understand what I'm trying to get at? And she kind of looks at you and pushes her glasses <laughs> up her nose. I do. It's just hard to find out those things when there's so much knowledge to sift through. The point is... Uh, you're here for a reason, and you're doing, or, well, maybe one day you'll be called to do an important job. So, you know, keep your chin up, keep your head up high, and uh, if you need anything, don't hesitate to let me or Nixa or any of the other priests here know, okay? Um, you can head back to your, uh, your guild, uh, I think you've done more than enough work for us today. I appreciate it. Thank you. And I hope you can handle the rest of the shift for today. Mm -hmm. Um, Lyra, like, waves her hand and she goes, Oh no, I just have, like, a small meeting with the High Priest of Halo later today. Uh, boring stuff. Uh, Uma will be coming over too. Y you know, just... 
high priest chat, nothing important, just all the high priests having a chat, so I'm kind of booked. She looks at you and does not say anything else, <laughs> just like kind of awkwardly flapping her little wings in place. Um, Kaya, like, does that nervous horse hoof clopping thing, just awkwardly playing with the dirt. <laughs> Sure. Uh, if you're staying around and you're uh, <laughs> continuing this awkward energy, I would like you to roll insight, please. Okay. Uh, insight, that's intelligence. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't have any of that. Interesting. 17. You... 17 anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's a rare occurrence when all of the high priests in an area get together and they talk about something that isn't important, I would say. So, you know, that's a little suspicious. There's probably something important going down at the temple tonight. Okay. All right, then. Do I know? Are we going to be, like, meeting the group anywhere? Is there, did we, like, set a time or something? Um, you got asked, you, you got told you could go home. Uh, your shift in the knowledge box is over. Um, and it's, <laughs> she, she seems like she's waiting for you to leave. Like, this is not a situation where you got no, invited to I was, I was to asking the group, like, did we decide if we were going to meet back together at some point? We have our guild, so it would just be go back there. Yeah, just yeah. go back and see Crumpet. Yeah, I think I think she's all right with that for now. Okay. Uh, on your way out, you see that silver-scaled dragonborn woman in the knowledge box, um, and she is like grinning. Uh, she has put on her very biggest grin, and she is writing down information. Um, there is the tiniest oldest yuan tea like grandma you have ever seen um she is like this tiny tiny old lady um and her like hair is put up in this massive bun on top of her head so that it looks like she has this massive like santa bag of gifts like resting on (laughs) the top of her head um and her legs are snakes, um, just a bunch of snakes, just so many snakes, uh, just like a mass of snakes uh, for legs. Um, and she is just like, and so that's how you knit that particular pattern. You know, when people are telling the priests information to be stored and eventually given to to the to the to the great feathered dragon they forget the little the little thing like like the self-sustaining information for future generations if the world ends again and so i always thought it was important to tell the priest, just stuff everybody knows so that the future generations can make blankets after the world ends again. Um, and uh, the dragon, the silver dragonborn is just like, uh, of, of course, uh, of course. Um, 
will that be all? And she goes, well, you know, pants are important too, so just give me a moment. And like her <laughs> tiny little shaky hands go down to one of her snake feet, and she pulls up a little, like another little, like knitting instruction manual, and she lays it down, and she starts to smooth it out, and she goes, <clears throat> step one, oh, and no. uh, you leave the temple, and uh, you get on Kaya your way. shivers. <laughs> Um, as you head back towards your guild. Um, you arrive, Kaya, and it looks like you are the last person to arrive. Um, Jerusalem has been here for some time, I imagine. Uh, Lois just got back, and you are the last one in. Um, and your guild building is very small. It's this tiny little, um... A building in town that has like a, it's three rooms, which is like this lobby waiting area um, that has like a secretary desk, and then it has like a small kitchen staff area to the side, and then the other room is like a sitting area where you bring back your clients. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's a back door which leads to like a small garden compound area, and then your the four like the four like small hut. Uh, homes that you are in um, and you arrive back hey mark experience audience before we move on we have a message from a neighboring podcast it is an improv storytelling podcast and honestly i am really enjoying it definitely one of my favorites already so without further ado i will let them introduce themselves Do you like D&D? But you want to break from all that D&D? <laughs> you should listen to Story Jess. It's an improvised narrative podcast where we tell stories and we don't roll dice or have rules. So anything can happen. Story Jazz is hosted by two young writers tragically separated by an entire ocean. I'm Softy, and I'm out in the middle of the American desert. And I'm Sam, and I'm somewhere deep in Central Europe. <laughs> so mysterious. We put out a new episode of Story Jazz every two weeks on Thursdays. You should come check us out. We love you. We love you. Hello, everyone. Lois, who is absolutely he's still a little winded, but he's lounging. Goes Lois's face is covered in like multicolored glitter. <laughs> by the way, Kaya. He's and he goes, Kaya. Great to see you. How was your day at the temple? Heard anything exciting? Well, remember the one about the currents? Ah, <sighs> yes. He came back today. Learned just about the same thing. And he keeps coming back because... He seems to think that consistency is important. <sighs> Which I respect, but also, please, I can't do this every year. This is why I don't deal with that knowledge stuff unless it has something to gain for me. That I'll leave up to you, you beautiful, beautiful woman. So what about on your end? Work just as bad? <sighs> the stupid fucking pixie. And that's mm. all Lois is gonna say about that! <laughs> <laughs> Kaya nods and sits next to the couch. Jerusalem, what about you? What did you find? Uh, Jerusalem is, like, leaning up against the wall 
kind of thinking like really hard and he's he looks up he's like um we could have company today oh yes it seems um possibly some drow might be on their way to see me what do drow like look like like because i saw some weird people walking down hideous outfits dear god yep Oh, oh, well, I saw them. There's three of them, to my knowledge. That's what I remember. Wow, if... they must have the whole family coming. Family? That's the whole family? <laughs> Lois is looking so, like, huh? Lois, roll a history check. This might be something you learned from Jean Bell or Sylph, since Sylph is one of the main patrons of elves. Yeah. Uh, history, which is, uh, intelligence? Yeah. That is a 14. Um, elves live an awful long time, so they're not, like, a super fertile people. So, like, uh, generally, elves have very small families, particularly after a large portion of their population was, like, obliterated in the Great War, pretty much. Um... That's what you get on a 14. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, while you are, like, thinking about this and uh, the importance of, like, a whole drow family arriving, um, Jerusalem's butler, and by extension, all of your butler at the moment, uh, Crumpet, <laughs> comes, from the, uh, comes in from the other area with a small tray of tea. Crumpet is a bullywug, which means he's a tiny frogman. Um, and he is dressed in, like, fine elven finery, like, like, butler finery, but shrunk down very, very small to fit his tiny little frog boy frame. Um, and, uh, he has been in, uh, Jerusalem's family for a while and was, and Jerusalem took him when Jerusalem struck out on their own. Uh, because it's expected that, like, everyone kind of has, like, a servant or, like, a staff, pretty much. Uh, because they're all supposed to be, like, business owners or money makers of some kind. Um, and Crumpet comes in with a tray of tea. And he's like, oh, hey, guys. Uh, how's everything going? <laughs> oh, gee. Really? The mood in here is, uh pretty great just uh somebody died <laughs> he starts passing out tea um, i'm sorry oh my god uh, this is this is your guys's butler crumpet the frog god <laughs> and lois just one one arm draped over his eyes tasting tea and goes what would we do without you crumpet you are the saving grace in this city I imagine, Master Lois, you'd have to make your own tea. Um, How dreadful. <laughs> he walks over to Kaya. <laughs> shall I get some scones, or shall I play some music for everyone while we wait? Tea it would be looks... lovely, Crumpet. Uh, he hands you a small teacup. Uh, now everyone has tea. Um, he sets it down uh, in the middle of, like, the waiting room, which is where you guys are all waiting for, like, a customer to come in. Um, and he takes his own little cup of tea, and he sips it. And he goes, well, 
I have watered the plants outside, and I have dusted, and I have trimmed our roses, so I've got very little left I need to do today. So I was wondering if I could take off. Actually, Crumpet, uh, we might be having guests. Guests? Like... Yes, um, what do you know of the Lumi family? Drow. Crumpet is going to make a intelligence check. <laughs> Riley, what's Crumpet's intelligence? That's a secret. <laughs> Come on! What if he had, like, okay, but what if Crumpet was the big bad evil guy and he had max intelligence because he's secretly oh been an gosh. archmage this whole time? I can't let you know. Then you wouldn't be rolling! I guess we'll find out with this roll. I can't let you know that he has a plus 15. So Crumpet's, Crumpet's stats will remain secret. Whack. Um, he takes a sip of tea and he goes, absolutely nothing. Hmm. Never heard of him. <laughs> you know, I grew up in a swamp. Uh, so... And he sips some more tea. <laughs> That's just kind of where Crumpet's at. <laughs> okay. Yes, well, what did, what did Drow like? Do they like tea? I guess we... Put some extra tea on, I suppose. Mm, yes, sir, Master Jerusalem. I feel like all elves like tea. Wouldn't you know, Jerusalem? You're the one who knows more about elves. I know about... Do I look like a drow to you? You are an elf who deals in business. It actually surprises me more that you don't know a lot. So that's a pity on my fault, thinking that you knew more than you do. Um... Wow. Wow, voice <laughs> is roasting Jerusalem. Um, there is a knock at the door. And Crumpet goes, ah, well, let me just go get that door for you guys. And uh, he uh, wanders over and he, like, gets up on the ends of his little flippers. And he opens up the door and he steps aside and he goes... Welcome to the braid. Ladies and gentlemen, make yourselves at home. I'll go put on a little bit more tea. And uh, he kind of like walks off and he's like humming. It's like mm -hmm. While Crumpet <laughs> was answering the door, Jerusalem just like really quickly smoothed out his clothes, his hair, and then looked like he was doing absolutely nothing in the corner. Lois <laughs> <laughs> is still is still just lounging on the couch. He had moved forward when he had been roasting Jerusalem. But now that they're coming back. He's gone back to where he's lounging with the hand over his eyes. He doesn't care that he has sparkles on his face, because you know what? It's Lois. He has... Oh, yeah. Like, Jerusalem has been avoiding getting near Lois for that reason. <laughs> um, Lois, you recognize the three figures that you saw out of town. Um, <laughs> they arrived in town before you, so you don't know how they didn't make it to the Braid headquarters before you. They must have either gotten lost in town or gone somewhere else first. Um, but they, like, slowly slide in. Um, there are these three drow figures, so they're very tall. They're wearing these, again, just horrible, gaudy, long, wide-brimmed hats that are just bad. Just not very good hats. 
um, that have the, these black silk veils attached to the wide brims. Um, so it almost looks like they're wearing mobile showers. Um, and they oh, all no. three kind of like glide in very quietly. Um, the last one in, like, the door closes itself behind them without them reaching out from behind their veil at all or anything at all. Um, and the one in the lead uh, kind of like glides forward a little bit towards Jerusalem while the other two kind of flank them and goes, I imagine that this is the braid, the guild owned by one Jerusalem. Jerusalem, like, pretends to be, like, uh, just noticing that they've arrived. Jerusalem's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yes, that, that would be me, Jerusalem Estiero. Um, do you get up to shake hands or anything like that? Do you bow? Um, he kind of, like, so he was, like, leaning up against the wall. He kind of steps up. Um, when he says Estiero, he kind of brings his hand in front of him which has his ring that shows, like, his family. Um, but other than that, he he hasn't had a confirmation of who these people are. They might be the Lumi family. He doesn't know. So he's not going to bow just yet. Oh, uh, yes. Until they've introduced themselves. We are the Lumi clan from Spider's Keep. We are old family friends. We have business in town, and your uncle informed us that you would be available to give your services. Did he now? At a discount, I imagine, due to your family's long-standing history. Yes, well... We'll have to see whether or not uh, my uncle... Hmm. Well, it's very nice to have the Lumi family here. All of you came. Not quite all of us, but yes, this is a matter of utmost importance. Um, and they start to, like, shake, and you can't tell, like, you think they might be crying behind the veil? Um... They're kind of weird. Um, the other, um, the other two drow that came in behind them are like, Great founder, great founder, please take a seat. You let your emotions overwhelm you. Yes, great founder. Yes, great founder. And they start like bowing rapidly. Um, and Kaya uh, moves like, to the side so we could take a seat on the, the couch. Shake, the shaking gyrating one, like kind of like wiggles over to a seat and like kind of lifts up their veil ever so slightly, where you can see that they are wearing like a um, a black silk dress. Um, with these golden markings on it. Uh, you also see that the leader of this group is a woman um, as she takes a seat in the foyer, in the, like, like in this foyer you have, pretty much. Um, I would like to say Lois was still pretending to lounge, but the, like, wavering and all that, and just that, he kind of slowly moves his arm and then slowly sits up, and you just see the perplexity and his eyes is just, what the fuck? But he doesn't say it. <laughs> he, he has more manners than that. Yeah. 
But like Kaya in Jerusalem can see the what the fuck mm-hmm. in his face. <laughs> we expect that this matter will be handled with the utmost of security and secrecy. Not a word of this can escape to the other elven families of Spider's Keep. Do you understand? Of course. Crumpet, leave the tea and go to the other room. Uh, yeah. Uh, absolutely. I'll just, uh, set all this down. Uh, I put a couple of the, of our last of the scones on the tea tray, if anyone would like to, you know, just nosh on a little something. Uh, I'll be out back. I'm sure I can find something to do. And, uh, he wanders off again. Riley, I would like to say that Crumpet sounds like a mixture of Mickey Mouse and Kermit, and I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) Pretty sure that's the point. I know, but Also, I love that he's serving scones and not Crumpets. Crumpets. (laughs) (laughs) That would be cannibalism. (laughs) (laughs) You want your butler to eat his own cut? Jeez! Uh, lo and behold, Crumpet used to be a pastry until it was bitten by a radioactive frog. Yeah, that's what happened. Um, as Crumpet leaves, uh, the leader pushes aside their veil to reveal a kind of a, a elven woman, uh, an elven drow woman. Uh, she has, like, lavender skin... Um, she has long silver hair that she's kind of, like, trussed up into these very complex braids, um, that, like, uh, some are wound in front of her, like, over her chest, um, and some are in the back, some go around her arms, um, and, uh, she is wearing this black dress that have, have these golden star inscriptions, uh, like, woven into it. Um, her two companions do not, rem- uh, slide open their veils. I was gonna ask, is the, is the great old one, like, obviously very, very old for an elf? She looks like a woman in their middle ages, like, th- in her 40s. So for an elf, she must be very, very old. Like, hundreds of years old. I would like to pres- okay. I would like to follow this up with saying that Lois has a very sudden, like, interest and. In- Jerusalem and Kaya know what this means, and so... <laughs> yeah, Jerusalem shoots him a glare. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering, because the, the oldest person living in SDRL's family is Jerusalem's uh, great-grandmother, who is probably, like, really, really, really old for an elf. <laughs> yeah. Um, elves, like... Uh, uh, like high elves, um, which is kind of like what moon elves are a offshoot of like high elves. High elves mm-hmm. in Almora can live to like generally life expectancy is around 800 years old, but they can often make it past that if like they live well, healthy, and stay out of trouble. Um, yeah, so like the oldest known elves that like mess around with some stuff can live like to be like. You know, they saw the Great Wars that, yeah. like, ravaged the continent uh, 800 that's, years ago. That's what I'm thinking with Eleanor. I was just, when they called the drow the Great Old One, I wanted to check, is it yeah. quite as old as... <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, she doesn't look like an old lady, but again, she's an elf, yeah. so uh, elf, hard to yeah. tell with these things. Um, 
She goes, This is difficult for me to admit, but three months ago, the Lumi family lost something of great value and importance. And her body, like, starts to shake as, like, she starts to, like, tearless cry. Um, she's, like, trying very hard not to cry, so, like, it just looks like she's shaking. Jerusalem's head perks up. <laughs> uh, like, they're, uh, her two, like, companions are like, Great seer, great seer, please. You must contain yourself. You must contain yourself. Restrain the emotions. And she's like, yes. It's all right, ma'am. We are here to help and nothing would pass our lips from this room. And he's, he like rests his elbow on his knee and his chin on his hand, giving a very charming smile. You see, three months ago, the air to the Lumi family. My dear, sweet, lavender bulb, my only light and joy. <laughs> uh, more weird, tearless crying. Um, uh, again, the two, the two companion to our like, please, great seer, great founder, old one, please, contain yourself, assume the emotions. <laughs> The tears mustn't come. You mustn't let them see you cry. She's like, yes, yes, of course. My only heir, my daughter, was kidnapped from Spider's Keep and taken from us. Um, more weird dry crying. <laughs> Contain yourself. Um, she, like, she just, like, is shaking, um, and so, like, one of the companion elves steps forward a little bit and just kind of slowly closes the veil, um, to the woman. Um, and they step forward, and they bow to you, Jerusalem, and they go, You see, three months ago, the heir to our family, uh, a young drow woman, uh, Marabella, she, we, we believe, we have a theory, uh, was kidnapped by, by, a, by a mad mage uh, of, of some kind. We uh, unfortunately didn't see anything that happened, but um, they, were, they were found missing uh, upon, upon the artificial moon's rising when they were supposed to go star-seeing with their mother. And... Uh, th th there was no trace of them for some time until we found that a spider's keep, one of the teleportation pads that should connect all the, the Feyborn city-states had been tampered with. Um, and so we suspect that they were taken. Um, the pad had been activated against its routines and had been... Uh, forcibly accessed to Greenwill, um, and from Greenwill, uh, after we had chased the person down to Greenwill, um, someone left the city walls of Greenwill, um, and, uh, took a boat to the swamps and made their way east. We, we've been doing our best to track them, but it's been hard going. Last we heard, they had been making their way hard east. 
um, we believe they were kidnapped by someone in grayscale or, Lord forbid, some sort of uh, heathen uh, fiend blood sorcerer from the Red Isles may have taken her. And uh, last we checked, uh, based on the timing, she and her captor would be in this town, we believe. Um, we require assistance finding her. Um, we are afraid that if the kidnapper were to see us, they would they would know that the jig is up and they would they would make a break for it. I'm, we're afraid it would be better for a third party of uh, no little renown, just sort of nobodies that no one's ever heard of or seen of, but but with the skill to sort of uh, strike down some sort of mentally addled creep and um, rescue the daughter and bring her to the Great Seer. I would like to say when they say, like, the nobodies, uh, Lois, who was drink taking a sip of his tea, try hides his little, like, snort in the tea uh, while <laughs> side-eyeing Jerusalem. Just Jerusalem just, like, slowly scowling. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, obviously, the Lumi family has had um, a, a, shall we say, unique relationship with the Estiero family's businesses over the years. And so we expect um, a level of consideration on the pricing and uh, a degree of confidentiality that we would not quite uh, receive were we to seek out, say, another adventuring guild. Of course, this is more than just mercenary work, especially when it comes to the Estiero family, and I would not want to, say, burden any of the friendships that our families may have. That being said, let's see here. A mage snatches the daughter and hops off here. Hmm. Any other information? What, signs of a struggle? Information on that said mage? Uh, none at all. None at all. We didn't even know she had been kidnapped. Um, uh, the the leader of the group, like, shakily goes like, Her things were still in her wardrobe, and her wand was set on the nightstand. The star-seeking class that I had given her for her 50th birthday was untouched. Um, I would like to ask, what does she look like so that we get an image of who we should be looking for? Beautiful. Perfect. His eyes, like, glimmer when she says that. He's just like... A flower of elven youth and prosperity, a blessing of sylph. Um, the the drow that had been speaking up to this point uh, points out, like, a young drow woman with long, curly, silver hair. We, we don't know what she would be wearing at this point. Um, she is... A, 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 much like the Lumi family, uh, a stargazer by trade. They, uh, she is supposed to inherit the family's role in w illuminating 
the eternal night of spider's keep um that's that's all we can, we can say i'm afraid um i have no personal opinion due to uh her beauty but that would probably be uh a factor that their dear mother would uh, relate, and uh, the mother's like, <gasps> she is the light of a thousand moons. Um, just, just vibrating, just true, like, just. <laughs> Jer- Jerusalem leans in to the, the other drow and is like, there's not too many elves around here, I'm sure I will recognize her. Um, they, oh. they bow, um, and kind of like one hand comes out and lifts out the edge of the veil. Um, Jerusalem, you see like a, like a young half drow, like a young half drow boy who kind of like looks at you very appreciatively and like nods and, uh, goes like, we appreciate your discretion and, uh, price consideration for the future. We are willing to offer uh, ten gold for this, uh, each, for uh, each of your uh, adventurers here. Um, we will not be paying for the butler's services. <laughs> and Lois uh, gets up to his feet and goes, As a, a paragon of beauty, I bless myself himself. Of course. It would be a shame to just have her be gone, especially when she's the head of the family. And he's just taking, like, laps. Kaya's eyebrows shoot up. <laughs> you know, y'all know this! The older, uh, the older drow woman, like, extends her hand out from her very bad hat, uh, for, like, a kiss on one of her rings. Um, Lois. Lois, uh, bends down... Uh, and kisses the kisses the rings and gives a very charming smile. Uh, her her ring is Harley, like you just you don't just bring in a milf like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, episode one, and you brought in a milf. That was your bad. That was on um, you. <laughs> her ring is like this gold signet ring, and inset into the center of it is a obsidian like marble. Um, that you can see, like, is set into the ring and can be rolled around and moved, um, and inscribed on it, it, like, scratched into the marble, is the continent of Taurus, and, um, like, all of the continents, along with, like, a star map. Like, this is a small globe of Almora, like, set into the ring where you kiss. A lovely ring, madam. I see you are of excellent taste. It'd be a shame if something were to happen to it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's what, like, Lois is thinking. <laughs> but not Jerusalem, right now. you keep fine company. Um, and withdraws their hand. Um, they go, We will be staying at the nearby inn. I believe it is known as the Fat Salamander. Um... <laughs> Uh, the, the half-drow boy that is accompanying her, like, nods and goes like, Uh, we would appreciate all haste. Payment will be given when you bring back, uh, the seer's daughter. Uh, ten gold, uh, thirty gold for the, but to be split, uh, 
between the three of you. Um, of course. If you could but, get to um, us, we will be at the nearby end, the Fat Salamander. Um, we would like to leave subject. as quickly as possible. Yes, of course. Yes, yes. While we're on the subject, uh, you say that this uh, Maribel is the heir to your family. Is she really worth only 30 gold to her mother? <laughs> um, I imagine... Uh, at this point, the young half-drow's face kind of hardens a little bit. Um, and he goes, I imagine that there would be uh, no limit of emotional value that the seer would place onto her only full-blooded daughter, who would be set to inherit... Oh, I'm sure. Uh, ...the family's role in illuminating one of the many... Fayborn city-states. Um, however, the price is believed to be taken with some consideration, partially due to these being family friends, of course. And of course, of course. Secondly, because we can't move too much gold outside of the city without the elders of the city taking notice that... One of the main mage families that is powering Spider's Keep is channeling gold to an outside source, you understand. Oh, of course, but we're, we're friends. It just gave the impression that perhaps the Lumi family was more hard off than I thought. Uh, you guys are whack. <laughs> but, of course, of course, this is all... As, as family friends, I, I wouldn't dream of bartering for your daughter. I just wanted to make sure that everything is doing fine. Of course. Um, there is no need to worry for the Lumi's financial security. It is a simple matter of politics and drawing ire from those above us, you understand. Um, our coffers are doing quite well. Thank you for your concern. The the drow woman rises um, and comes and, like, takes your hand, Jerusalem, and brings it into the veil and kisses it. Um, says, I thank you for this, and the Lumi family will remember this boon of friendship in the future. <laughs> um, she's still clearly, like, dry crying with no tears. Could I ask, what exactly happened so we know... What we might be in for? Why is she here? Uh, again, um, I'm afraid she disappeared uh, during Spider Keep's sleep cycle. Um, she was supposed to be woken early to go stargazing with her mother, which is one of the many roles that the Lumi family partakes in uh, as they are the illuminators of the city-state. And there was no, there was there nothing was, to cause her to run away or anyone else seeming suspicious. My darling lavender bulb could never, she was perfectly happy. I can't say if she was uh, unhappy or not, but there was no sign of a struggle. None of her things were taken, um, just vanished. Uh, one night, 
uh, we searched the city for some time. It wasn't only after a, a deal of time had passed that we had managed to connect it to uh, tampering with the teleportation circles, which we followed to Greenwill. From Greenwill, we investigated the city, but soon came to hear of word of uh, someone leaving the city and taking a boat towards uh, the mainland heading east. And we have yet to see a sign of her or her captor, we uh, imagine, since. But magic would have to have been involved to activate the teleportation circle. Thank you. I apologize if I seemed unsensitive. Uh, just any information will help. And of course she was happy here, ma'am. She was happy at home, ma'am. It must be something dreadful that took her away. You suck up. Lois, what did you get yeah. on that uh, charisma check again? I haven't done that yet! Oh, yeah, Lois, roll me that charisma check real quick. Okay, uh... Does that- would I add anything else? Just charisma? It's just your charisma. Just a flat charisma okay. roll. This isn't persuasion or anything like that. Uh, that's a 17. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, she, like, uh, you can't hear her, like, smot, like, like, do anything, uh, really. But, like, she seems to, like, stop, like, vibrate dry crying. Um, <laughs> and she kind of, like, extends her hand for another kiss. Which Lois clearly gives freely. Yeah. Jerusalem, you keep such lovely company. He reminds me of one of one of my own personal favorite attendants back home. Um uh, and she like pinches your cheek uh, and then like glides towards the exit. Um you get a dirty look from the half drow boy. <laughs> Um, who then, like, <laughs> closes their veil and goes... I would like to say oh, when yeah. when he gets the dirty look, Lois winks at him. <laughs> um, the dirty look deepens. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Lois, actually, could you roll a perception check real quick? Yes. Uh, that is wisdom? Yes. Um, that's a dirty 20. Um, as the third member of the party gets, like, of the, uh, Lumi party gets up, they kind of have to, like, um, wrestle with their veil just a moment, and it kind of flutters as they turn. Uh, they're also, like, a young half-drow boy, um, and they go and they follow out the older drow woman out the door, and they, like, all bow in unison once they exit the door, and head off, uh, towards the, um, towards the Fat Salamander, a nearby inn. Lois turns to um, Jerusalem and goes, it's not often you see drows with uh, half-drows, especially with one such high family as themselves. Yeah, they're normally more common with the uh, moon elves. Uh, you know, my uncle's one, too, as well. Uh, <laughs> probably why he sent her over here. They did also say full-blooded, so I think there might possibly be some family problems involved, but we can't be sure of anything. At least not yet. I mean, what I think is, 
Fancy Mage comes in, dazzles this little sheltered girl, and they run off together. We'll see. Well, why don't we just find her and ask her? Yeah. Of course. I mean, as much as the the family went on and on about this mage and his, uh, I guess, scoundrel. <laughs> uh, anyway, dramatic as elven families are. Oh, yes. I know much about the dramatics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, Crumpet. <laughs> <laughs> Just the awkward tension as <laughs> Crumpet, please come in. Uh, uh Crumpet uh comes on in. Um is like, oh hey guys, uh how did it go? Do we have uh some new customers? We do. We are looking for a small elven girl. I'm I'm gonna be honest, I could hear a lot of what they were saying outside. <laughs> they seemed pretty intense. Uh the head of the Looming family was very distraught at the loss of her do- her dear darling daughter. You don't have to keep sucking up. They are not here. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just... She was a very bewitching woman. Mm, for sure. <laughs> See, the funny thing is, Jerusalem lets Lois do this because... It just means Jerusalem doesn't have to be the one to try and suck up to them. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but half of the time, Lois is trying to get to sleep with them. <laughs> you, so, we're gonna see how this goes. It's also Riley's fault for bringing in a MILF. Mm-hmm. Episode 1. It isn't Riley's fault. I, in my defense, I thought the voice would be so ridiculous you would leave her alone. You really thought that? Huh? I didn't even talk about how she was hot. I just said she was an older elf woman. I asked how she was. It doesn't matter if she's hot, Riley. It is someone that Lois can fuck. One moment, I'm gonna roll for it real quick. How How hot hot is she? she? Yeah, I'm gonna roll. Don't forget to add her charisma to that. Yeah, Yeah. I will. Oh, okay. She's She's like pretty hot. Okay, so MILF. She's not like milf. like the most attractive woman, but like she she's like she's attractive, you know. That that's enough for Lois. Yeah, <laughs> you know. In drow terms, that's like <laughs> Yeah, she she's a she's an elf, so that like gives her an advantage. Does um, she yeah, have a face? Is she down? Good. Does she have a face? Is she charmed uh, by Lois? Both of those things are yes. We good. I never should have let Reese play a bard. <laughs> You really made a mistake there. Reese warned you too many times. I did. Okay, so I very much warned you. Crump, Crumpet's like, oh, they didn't eat any of my scones. Um, she was crying a bit too much to eat. He eats a scone and he goes, uh, so are you guys taking off now or are you going to wait for later? Uh, should I come or should I hold down the fort? Uh, well, uh, you know, another... old, old Crumpet, something of an adventurer himself. Mm. No. I got a I got a spear out back. Another tip I got from the messenger was that there might be a high tide tonight, so I think you should keep keep in here. You, we all heard that he said he has a spear out back, right? Uh, you y'all would know that his spear out back is like a pointy rock tied to okay. a stick. Okay, <laughs> it's a bullywug like spear. This is a tiny frogman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he goes, all right, I'll uh, hold down the fort and make sure uh, none of the creepy crawlies uh, get on in. 
Um, I'll have dinner waiting for you. Jerusalem grabs a grabs a scone and is like, and bake a couple more of these. Uh, yeah, these were the last of our scones, so I guess I'd have to go get some more. But yeah, I'll have dinner waiting for you when you come on back, and uh, more scones. If you could make some fruit ones, that would be lovely. Absolutely. You know, my mom, my mother's recipe actually involved flies, but I can replace mm. that with fruit. I can replace that. Toys. I can make some substitutes. <laughs> the fruit would be lovely, Crumpet. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and he, like, goes and gets his tiny little coin purse of the money he's allotted by Jerusalem, and he, like, goes out to go buy stuff for dinner and, like, scones, I guess. Okay, I like to flat out say Jerusalem does not underpay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. I don't imagine he's paid as much as you guys, though. No. I mean, yeah, yeah but, but at the same time, pay. Jerusalem does like having a lavish lifestyle, and in order to do mm-hmm. that, you have to pay your butler well. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay, so. Happy servants, happy home. <laughs> I also thought it was really funny when you had me pay that messenger one gold, because I have 165 gold. <laughs> oh my yes. gosh, rolling in it money bags. 164 now. <laughs> I have 155, so I'm right under you. Like, man, we're rich. (laughs) These are probably my school savings when the school burned down. I have 155. You are kind of getting underpaid by the Lumi family, like, yeah, uh, not insignificantly. (laughs) Yeah, Jerusalem was very, like, 30. Hmm. (laughs) But in Lois's mind... Money's money. He can try yeah. to try to possibly steal the ring, possibly, or get down with the daughter. Do not steal that ring. <laughs> <laughs> Lois tried to swindle Sylph, so that's mm. yeah. yeah, don't do that. Um, but yeah, Jerusalem's like, we'll we'll talk later once we get the girl. <laughs> experience listeners it's end credits time i know you love hearing this part but i like to remind you guys that you can find us on tumblr instagram and even tiktok and if you like to buy the music you can buy it all at markexperience.bandcamp.com we also have a constantly growing collection of merch at redbubble.com people slash mark dash experience where you can buy posters and shirts and stickers and all that if you want to support your favorite editor and musician you can head over to my coffee account at coffee.com slash Jamie Remy. That's spelled J-A-M-I-E-R-E-M-Y. Mark Experience can be located basically anywhere podcasts exist now, so you can listen wherever's easiest. See you next episode!